This is a podcast from BFM 89.9, The Business Station. 7.36 a.m. You are listening to The Morning Run. I'm Shazana Mokhtar with Wong Xiaoning. In half an hour, we have The Breakfast Grill. And on the show today is Vaibhav Manrao, Managing Director for Bata Malaysia. Bata, of course, synonymous with school shoes and um, a particular former prime minister. They sell more than, uh, in Bata Malaysia specifically, sells more than 10 million pairs of shoes annually with a turnover of 100 US dollars. So that's nothing to sniff at for sure. Um, Keith Kam is going to be speaking to Vaibhav Manrao and um, he'll be talking about their effort to shift to e-commerce and um, whether they are staying relevant with the rising competition that's coming up after the 8am news bulletin. Very interesting stuff. I'm just curious, do kids still wear bata to school? Is it compulsory? During my time, pretty much, I think 90% of us did, right? That's right. Saturday morning, scrubbing those white school (laughs) shoes, putting on the chalk solution. Um, Good times, good times. Really? Okay. (laughs) (laughs) Well, let's turn our attention to what's happening with Tesla. In the much-anticipated Investors' Day, Tesla CEO Elon Musk presented his Master Plan Part 3. The the presentation went on for almost four hours, over four hours. It was long on science, but short on new model details. Yeah, at the same time, uh, they got to hear from Tesla's top other executives. There were, I think, 16 of them. And I think this is likely in part to counter negative comments that Musk himself had been very distracted to manage Tesla. No thanks to the woes at Twitter, right? His other acquisition. So there was an emphasis on cost excuse me, cost-cutting, but a lack of disclosure in terms of how they plan to scale up in the face of increasing competition. And we're seeing that very much from the Chinese EV players. So can Tesla rise and move ahead? Because the the fact is it has lost some of its shine from its high share price performance, albeit it's still up 55% on a year-to-date basis. Well, for some thoughts on what's next um, for Tesla and also just the space in general, we speak to Dan Ives, Managing Director at Wedbush Security. Good morning, Dan. Thanks, as always, for joining us. Now, despite that four-hour presentation, the market appeared to be disappointed with Tesla's Investor Day. We did see stock fall in after hours. What um, were the key takeaways for you? What was missing from Investor's Day? What did investors want but didn't get? Look, I think with events that Tesla, I'd say Apple as well, Investors want more meat on the bone, catalyst. And ultimately, they wanted to see a sub $30,000 car introduced. That's not what we got. We got much more of a strategic roadmap to how they're going to get there, 40 50% less cost. I think it was one where the knee-jerk reaction we view as an overreaction negative. I thought it was a very positive event, and that's sort of how we are guiding our investors today. Okay, did you sit through all four hours of it, Dan? <laughs> all four hours. All right, my dear. <laughs> all four hours. And, and guess what? The good thing is a lot of Kona coffee during that four hours. Okay. Uh, but were there any positives other than the cost cutting? Were you comforted to see all of management up there? Or do you think that, um, you know, Tesla is still very much an Elon Musk show? Look, I think there's a ton of positives because the, the scale and scope that Tesla has globally is really unmatched. I, I really view this as Musk and Tesla almost flexing their muscles in terms of the opportunity that they're going after. And now they're able to do it. They're cutting prices. Demand continues to be very robust even in this macro. 
And I think that's why the stock's up the way it is, because also I think Musk, you know, went from superhero status to villain during the Twitter fiasco. And I'd say now the red cape's back on, you know, back in good graces of investors. Now, Tesla reported, sorry, Tesla reported full year deliveries around 1.3 million vehicles in 2022. How realistic is the goal to produce 20 million EVs per year by 2030? Is that achievable? Look, that's clearly a very ambitious goal. I think it speaks to more and more automobiles need to be electric vehicle. And Tesla is clearly going to play a huge role there. I think the streets really focus on getting the two million this year and the trajectory to call it four or five million plus. But you know, they reiterated that goal till two thousand thirty and the last decade it's hard to argue with Musk in terms of everything that he's delivered with Tesla. Okay, but we have to talk about the competition. And, you know, famous fund manager Charlie Munger said that BYD, the Chinese player, is so far ahead of Tesla that it's almost ridiculous. Uh, it's his favourite stock now. So how does Elon Musk actually address this growing competition from Chinese EV makers? Look, China is way ahead of any other region when it comes to EVs. And that's why BYD, Neo, Xping, and, of course, Tesla and others. Now, BYD, as in it, you know, what I view is really an iron fence around their install base. But Tesla's actually gained share in China. That, that's really been a, a key part of the story here. I don't view it as a zero-sum game. I mean, I think if you look globally, Tesla's brand's unmatched. But there's going to be many winners in what we view as a green tidal wave, including BYD and including some of the legacy players like GM. Was anything disclosed on how Tesla's price cuts have translated into higher sales? I mean, how much margin erosion can we expect from these cuts? Yeah, that's that's probably like the biggest debate right now is those price cuts. Can they maintain margins? Because they have such high margins relative to people thin in the industry. That's the opportunity and it gives them more flexibility. But no doubt. That's going to be a tight wire act as they go through, also to make sure that they don't have to cut more to stimulate demand, especially in China. Okay, Dan, you know, you mentioned this earlier that they are looking to cut costs quite significantly. How is that going to be achieved? I think the big part, it's, it's battery technology. Battery technology is the most expensive part of an electric vehicle. And they're basically on a path to cut that down anywhere from 30 to 40%. They cut that down. That gives them the flexibility to have a lower price vehicle. And and I think that's the important thing. Where, what I sort of view as the overarching theme is globally, and they just announced a new factor they're going to build in Mexico, the global scale and the battery technology, it's enabling Tesla to do what others in the industry can't. So do you, um, meanwhile, Tesla is making moves in this part of the world. Uh, we're seeing a plant in Indonesia. They're even setting up shop in Malaysia. I mean, is this all part of his uh, goal of world domination, Dan? Well, look, it's all part of, especially when you look at Asia, like that's why Indonesia is an important place where, you know, where we, where we see another gigafactory. Mexico, they announced yesterday. Because the logistics of it, are very important to how they want to scale. 
Because right now, if you're a European customer, your car is made in China and shipped through logistics disaster. That's why they have Berlin. So it's all part of a broader strategy. Look, that's expensive. takes a lot of capital. Mm. And that's sort of what they're in build-out mode. Yeah, but then for them to penetrate in these kind of, I would call it emerging markets, how isn't it important that they get this sub-$30,000 car that you talked about? How soon can it happen, though? Because there was a lack of guidance on that, right, during that four-hour investor day. Yeah, during that, like that, that part of the presentation, the lack of details, when you look at emerging markets, and even you look at the masses mm. within the U.S., within Europe, you need a sub-$30,000 car. At seventy, eighty thousand, even fifty-five thousand, depending on tax purposes and the credits, you're not going to get there. Okay, are you going to change your call on the sector, Dan? Your your target price is two hundred and twenty-five US dollars. Am, am I right? Uh, last time price one hundred and ninety dollars. About there. Yeah, I mean, this remains one of our favorite disruptive plays. Continue to be bullish on Tesla, and you know, I think this is just the, the star. What's going to be a very strong two thousand twenty-three. And since we have you on the line, we have to sneak the last question in. Um, can we talk broadly about the tech sector? What's your call on it? And have you changed your top buys? Look, my call coming into this year, the New York City cab driver was bearish on tech. And yet, tech stocks are up 15%, 20 it's my view that they're, over, they're on their own. Fundamentals are not bad as feared. And it's a soft to no landing. I think tech stocks are up another 15% this year. And I think that that continues to sort of be our call, led by Apple, Microsoft, um, as well as some of the software names. Dan, thanks as always for the chat. That was Dan Ives, Managing Director of Wedbush Securities, giving us the takeaways from Tesla's Investor Day and his outlook for this company. Yeah, look like looks like Elon Musk has got his cape back on. Uh, there's an M in front of his shirt. Oh, is it an E? I'm not sure which which <laughs> alphabet he prefers to go by. Um, pretty much a darling because like I say, it's up 60%. 29 buys, 13 holes, 6 sells. Consensus target price for the stock, 209 US dollars. So still some upside from the current share price of 190 US dollars and 90 cents. Alright, it's 7.47am. We're heading into some messages and when we come back, we assess the green credentials of budget 2023 on World Wildlife Day today. Stay tuned, BFM 89.9. You have been listening to a podcast from BFM 89.9, The Business Station. For more stories of the same kind, download the BFM app.